Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well. Hope you're doing well this evening. I'm doing fine. I'm. That's good. I, yeah, it's funny. After such a period of time of binging a lot of shows, I struggled this mm-hmm. week. <laughs> <laughs> to find things that would actually like like I would invest in and I, I couldn't really find any so it was a mixture of all sorts of my like go to when yeah. not able to find new things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh yeah. Well of course the folks on on social I, I I was lucky enough to uh go see uh the first the back half of Barbie Heimer. Uh, I got to see Oppenheimer, um, Tuesday night and, uh, I did, yeah, did a quick non-spoiler thoughts and I won't elaborate anything more because I know you still have to see it and, and all, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. No, I'll just leave it there. Well, yeah, but <laughs> anyway, dumb luck. I just happened to get off a waiting list of where I could get advanced screenings and usually they like this like just random like stuff like things i would never never watch but i was like just dumb luck i was just like hey they have spots we have two spots at the local imax theater and i was like i will take them <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, definitely. yeah. It's yeah. It, to, see, to see that i i can i can imagine um I will be seeing it. I keep having to remind myself, like, oh, yeah, I have to go see Oppenheimer at some point within the next week. Um, and and my dad wants to go, so I'm going to okay. end up taking him. Yeah. So so we, I will see it, and then we shall discuss, and it'll yeah. probably just be a Nolan love fest for all I know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still have, yeah. I, I got to figure out when I'm going to go check out Barbie. Um as well so but i have yeah so i've had i've hit uh the you know hit oppenheimer uh did see mission impossible seven which i know we'll talk about here in a little bit and well, I can't uh, talk about it now <laughs> okay, well, we'll jump right into it yeah uh yeah so july i will say <laughs> so far my july movies has definitely been much better than the june movies mm-hmm. uh, uh because i mean i granted i did you know, I did like the flash, but, uh, in the, you know, Indiana, Indiana Jones is five aspire to be what Mission Impossible seven is, which is a fun popcorn thrill ride of a movie that, you know, as we always talk about practical effect versus special effect, mm-hmm. you know, Tom, Tom Cruise is the like ultimate like practical effect guy. <laughs> I mean, of course we've all, seen in the in the advertisements not a spoiler here at all the him jumping off a cliff and and when it finally does happen in the movie it's as 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 awesome a spectacle that it is on a smaller screen when you see it in the big screen it's uh it was it was you know the man sells out, you know, whatever you think about him as an individual, his personal stuff and that kind of thing, whatever. The man sells out for a talent. And I think that is the authenticity of him doing these things, I think, is what I've been missing in 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 these movies lately. Because thinking, like, back to in the 
you know, over-reliance of D.H. and Harrison Ford. The Flash, just, well, we as well chronicle the issues we've talked with the CG and other things there. Uh, even other, and I think other things in the genre that, where it's just over-reliance now on CG, sometimes it's just that practical effect, even thinking, you know, not to get into Oppenheimer too much, but even with that, I mean, it was just, that, 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 that tangible thing that you can just latch onto, um, and, and, and Mission Impossible does that, uh, is one of the things that I think I really liked the movie. Uh, it was things that stood out for me as far as the, the film itself, of course, was, of course, you know, Tom Cruise selling it out as always, like he always does. You know, clearly, you know, you got the scenes of him running and all that kind of stuff, but he really does enjoy playing Ethan Hunt and, and it comes through. I mean, and, you know, and, and, and I think that is another authentic thing about these films in that you, you, that, 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 that comes across in, in the films and, and think about the Mission Impossible movies. I mean, they've been around since like 1996. Yeah. Uh, and had their issues. I think the second and third ones, I honestly can't, <laughs> I can't even remember to be honest, like, be honest with you, but from four on, especially, and then with Chris McQuarrie, I think this is his third film in the series now. Uh, ever since he's taken over, they just get, I will say, I will say, I, I like Fallout and Rogue Nation better than, than I did Dead Reckoning Part 1. I will say that. Uh, and mainly because I think for all the cool things about Dead Reckoning, the thing that did get to me when watching it was sometimes the, the plot was a little convoluted. Awesome. And yeah, uh, yeah. And was tr- yeah, and it was trying to be trying to do too many things, trying to get too cute. Uh, but it was still enjoyable. But I was just like, okay, I could have it back a, a little bit and still made the point. And then also, it, it probably did go about twenty minutes too long. But movies uh, do. Yeah, everything <laughs> everything needs to like cut back, y'all. I mean, really. But um, but the, the other, you know, Tom Cruise standout. The big standout for me in this movie was Haley Atwell. Uh-huh. She finally in a leading role. She can, she, she has the chops, the, 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 not only from the acting side, the charisma side, uh, knowing what her role is as the other, the other lead in the film. And it was just nice seeing her do something other than Peggy Carter and, and just random things here and there. Uh, you know, it's definitely where I could see like, you know, Tom Cruise can't do this forever. So if they wanted to like transition to her being the head of the IMF and I, you know, admission impossible 10, 11, 12 or whatever, you know, when Tom Cruise is finally like 80 and he can't do it anymore. Um, then I could see her you know, picking up the, picking up the mantle of the franchise because she really, it, it was, it was obviously we're familiar with her and because of the, the MCU, but for many folks, this probably was if if they're not tracking the MCU or just kind of casual MCU folks, they probably be like, oh yeah, she seems familiar, I know her from somewhere, but she really stood out in this movie, and uh, I really really enjoyed her uh, as uh, the character that she was playing in this film. Um, right. Yeah, so that was the other, yeah. It's interesting how I wanted to talk about it when you first brought it up, but. Um, I like what you're saying about, like, the reason why this franchise still works is because 
especially Tom Cruise himself, is really insistent about practical effects. Mm-hmm. Because then thinking about it, especially when compared with um, the the comic book movies that are out these days, which often gets confused for an action movie. Um, but I think the use of practical effects, things being more grounded, things um, you going on an adventure or a mission, um, but you're still it's a, still a thrill ride. It separates that genre from the comic book drama, because with the comic book drama, genre you're you're more reliant on the need for special effects just because you're trying to bring to life these these drawings where mm-hmm. there were no limits <laughs> right, you, right. Yeah. you could do so many different things um which maybe that's why across the spider works works so well i don't know um but but with a um, live action comic book movie, you are sort of bound and then you are very reliant on um, CGI and special effects. But if, even when you think about that, action movies these days, just in general, whether you the Meg 2. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I don't even, if people watch the Meg one anyway. Yeah. And um, Fast and the Furious, like 24. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you you get you're you're getting these complaints like it's too much CGI, it's too you, you it's not as grounded as it was like way back when. So mm-hmm. um it's an interesting discussion to have about the differences between the two genres and how how technology and special effects can either make or break both of them. Yeah. Yeah, it, it totally is. Totally, totally, totally so. Um, and I think that that really comes through in this film. And, um, yeah, and, and, it's, and, and the other thing about the Mission Impossible series is it's unapologetic about what it is and it knows right. what it is. And it's it, Tom Cruise knows he's Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, he knows he's Tom <laughs> Cruise. He's a savior. Of, he's a savior of cinema at this point. You know, he, he leans into it. And, and so I think that's the other thing that comes across with, with the, with Mission Impossible. Um, it, the other, as far as like, you know, I did mention the story was like, you know, did try to get a little too clever for itself sometimes. But, um, the other thing, you know, as you mentioned, Spider-Verse and Fast and the Furious, this is like the third movie this summer where it's like part one of two. And, and it's something we discussed with uh spider verse where i think it failed in with audience expectations yeah that that this film did succeed in was uh one the branding it made it very clear that it's part one of two but Mm -hmm. two even even the ending of this film it 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 closed it was truly like there was an arc for all the characters and it, it it got it, it told that story and, yeah. and, and when it ended, it was like, okay, all the things that happened in the last two and a half, two and hours and 40 minutes or whatever, it's, it's done. We're, we, you know, we, we set out, we, all the chess pieces are set up for, for it's part like two infinity of the story. Water. It's like yeah, infinity. Yeah, it, exactly. That's yeah. a good, perfect example. Yeah. Which, which is what you want. And I mean, for those who haven't watched across the spider verse, spoiler alert, there is 
someone, it is a very, it's, it's on one hand, it's brilliant. On the other hand, it's awkward as fuck. <laughs> How yeah, they end up and just annoying yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they're like, okay, oh, it's over. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, this one is very clear. It's over. Um, yeah. And it, so it, 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 it was really good. Um, with that and uh and only other thing other complaint i would just say is the i don't want to i don't want to spoil it for so, who folks who have a, a tent who, has, who haven't watched it but i'll just say that um as far as the threats in the film um one is more believable than the other and it's very and it's also this film is a very timely film as far as some of the themes that were being addressed in as far as the plot and um but uh yeah but i will say isai morales who, who who was the um one of the who was the baddie in the film um he you know I, he, folks probably remember him as uh um and from titan season two he played a uh, deathstroke and some of the, I couldn't help but like think of some of our conversations that we had about Deathstroke and, and some of the woodenness and, and all, um, that we, you know, some of the problems that we had with, with him in Titan season two, but kind of crept up in this movie too. <laughs> that does not surprise me. Um, I have one question. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I don't know if it's him. I have yeah. one question and then we can move on to some other news yeah. topics, but do you think, this movie will rank in your top five of the year. Um, as of now, no, no. Yeah. It's a tough year. It's, yeah. it's going to be a tough year. I mean, I, yeah. for you, you watch a lot more movies than I do. And I never thought I'd tell anyone that, but it's the honest truth in my life right now. Um, and so for me, it's going to be easy for you. It's going to be hard. Um, TV for both of us is just going to like, I have a one A, yeah. one B and a one C. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, guess, I don't know. Just, yeah. Just look at on the horizon of things to come. Um, I mean, it, it, it depends. It, it may creep up depending on what we have later, you know, uh, depends on how sort of, sort of certain things sort of fall out. I mean, Barbie, I still have to see it. Um, I mean, there's blue beetle. Um, and then there, there's all the others as well, uh, both genre and non genre that I'll probably catch. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering because I, I get, I got the impression when we were talking about our list last year that, Based on just like walking out of theater, like that is definitely going to be ranked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could tell, and I didn't. I I wasn't sure where this landed, but yeah, um, yeah. we're only halfway through the year. There, right. there are a lot of movies, a lot of shows yet to come, including the boys spinoff Gen V will be released on September 29th, starting with three episodes because it's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Of, course, yep. of course, three episodes. <laughs> we're used to it. Um, I, I just wish that maybe it would drop like a month prior. That would have been cool, but yeah. okay. Um, subsequent shows will come out weekly on Fridays. Oh, 
Yeah. Friday's a weird day for streaming. It's like, I get it. I understand it. But this is where the whole conversation about TV eclipsing movies comes into play. Because then if you like the show, you're suddenly, it's not a Friday movie night. It's like, no, the show is airing. We're watching this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. (laughs) And then for reviewing shows, it gets very clunky because if you have other shows that come out midweek and then it just becomes, okay, what's the most popular topic? Shifting schedules. Yeah. Um, but it will wrap up on November 3rd. So, so how many weeks is that? How many episodes? So let's see. We get the first three and then, so then Friday. So I didn't. I gotta do math here real fast. I don't have my calendar out. I guess was was I guess eight. Is that right? Sound about right? Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I I was excited when I saw this on the rundown and then I quickly just was like, still no worrying on the next season of the boys though. Like, yeah. come on. I need to know when that's coming. Yeah. Um, which it it almost feels like we're gonna get a weird the boys Christmas. <laughs> Which I don't yeah. know that's an appropriate time to air that show. Boys <laughs> is a summer show. Come on. Yeah. Or they may push it to 2024, give it depending on where things land with the strike. And it's actually nine episodes. So I was off that one, but, uh, I was just the calendar real fast, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you're right. I, I, I'm ready for season, the next season of the boys proper. I, especially if you're going to tease us with the spinoff, that just, maybe it's good marketing because then it just gets you amped up, but it could also lose viewers if the spinoff sucks. So, true, true. I mean, we're not, it's not like we're getting Anthony Starr in the spinoff, which when you were talking about Tom Cruise and how much he loves playing Ethan Hunt, and it's, it's just fun to watch that enjoyment on screen. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. reminded me of all the conversations we've had about Anthony Starr. Like you're, you're as a viewer, I fully understand. You, Homelander, bad. Homelander, very, very bad. Yeah. But for some reason, <laughs> I don't like, him because of like I'm like, you're having too much fun. I like it. Yep. <laughs> it's so I totally, fun. totally, totally agree. Hmm. Yep. Uh, well, speaking about the writer's <laughs> strike, um, it's, it's all the talk, like, in Hollywood. It's, it's affecting so many things, including Comic Con, which will, I just, I want to start it here. Yeah, please, right look in your, please look in your magic, magic ball that you have, yeah. because you always predict things that come out to be true. Um, yeah. do you th- ever think, you remember pre-pandemic what yeah. Comic-Con was like. Do yeah. you ever think it'll return to that state in full form? No. And it's okay. It's getting back to its roots. Mm. It's getting back to its roots as far as being a, being an event for comics and yeah. and all. Um, and the reason why I say that, not because I don't think that – I think – Part of it is I think the studios adjusted during uh, the pandemic, one, 
And, and, and they're putting on their own events. I mean, like, for example, think about Lucasfilms. I mean, they have Star Wars Celebration. So, I mean, a lot of, a lot of things they'll sometimes will just drop big things at Celebration. I think they'll be, I think it'll, you know, I think the studios will have a, still have a presence there moving forward, but uh, I think it's going to, so I don't think it'll, you know, Hall H will, will definitely not be like it is this year where it's you know, crickets relatively speaking, but, um, but, you know, the, the events that we saw, I guess, in the late teen 20, you know, I guess that period from 2015 to 2020 or before the pandemic where it was just, was it a 2018, 2019 year where we just saw like got like 30 Marvel shows or whatever <laughs> that was but released. Then, um, I don't, see, I don't even remember if that was at comic con or if it was one of those years, because for a while there, Feige was like tr- going to Comic-Con every other year. And yeah. he would well, do a uh, lot yeah. of the announcements separately and throw True. his own show. Yeah. Well, there's that too. There's that. And also get into, you know, and, and you're right because that, as I said, the studios are doing their own thing. I mean, the yeah. 23, for example, which was another where they just drop a bunch of content. And I th- speaking of Disney, I think that's also going to like with Disney, Bob Iger. Uh, talking about pulling things back, it's, it'll be smaller number of projects that will be unveiled either at a studio standalone event or, or things like, you know, Comic Con or, or New York or Comic Con or, you know, other, other types of, uh, t- other types of, um, events. So I think it's just moving forward. I think just the way the streaming model and studio, you know, and whatever comes out of the strike, um, comes out of it. Um, I, I just think the, it's just going to be a different type of event. I think it'll still be a big event and it'll still be like the signature thing releasing that we, that we had before. And I could yeah. be, I might, I might be wrong, but no, I think, I think you're right. I think like there was an adaption and there was, there was almost even with like Feige's actions specifically a prelude to this eventually happening. And um, and it wasn't just about the movies. Like we often would have so much to cover because all of the CW shows were there. And guess what, people? Yeah. Most of them are canceled. <laughs> yeah. And and I remember in the yeah. later years, yeah. it and, was really yeah. weird and, because there would be panels for cast of like non-genre shows, and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it just mm-hmm. it became a very yeah. weird thing. Um, so, so I think you're right. I think, I don't think it's ever going to be like what it, what it was at its peak, um, in terms of not just comic books, but also comic movies, comic TV shows, and this like big amalgamation of, of this genre in general. Um, but, but I, I will be interested to see if as studios, start reducing um, whether it be TV shows or movies in this genre, if, if then the trickle effect does lead to somewhat of a return um, back to having these, these panels and these, because I don't, I don't even, I'm not even like, Oh, the announcements. No, I thought the panels were always really cool because you saw and that interaction they got yeah. to do games together so so there was there was i it's not about announcing content it's these 
people who bring to life these characters. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, yeah. 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 But I think you're, yeah, that's a good point. And the panels are the big thing. And, and that, uh, probably, you know, that, that, I think that part of it will return, uh, when, whenever, uh, obviously, hopefully next year, Hopefully not still in a strike, uh, next year, uh, cause it's going to be hard for everybody if, if that's, if that's the case. But, um, uh, but just looking at like, for example, this year, there are, you know, there are panels. And I think, you know, as I noted before, I mean, the, the event really is getting back to its roots. So, uh, so it may not be, you know, the entertainment weeklies of the world may not be covering the, the comic book panels uh or, or i guess you know ip panels with the big big shows but i think it, th- this year give a lot of artists and uh you know people who are true you know who, who, who all not only go there for the panels for the shows and movies but also go there for, for like to meet their favorite artists and make their favorite you know and, and even actors who who are still there but maybe not promoting projects but just there because you know they they, they still want to you know, touch, be, you know, be there, touch fans, have fan interaction, just, you know, maybe talk about their favorite, you know, cookie recipe. But, um, but, um, you know, I think you, you, that, that piece of it will probably return in some form or fashion. But, um, just quickly looking at the, I think, you know, obviously the big studios, like, you know, all the things for like HBO, not going to be there, but Max is going to have, um, Still planning to attend and showing off some of their adult animation. So Velma season two, uh, DC's creature comforts is also going to have, uh, pro- you know, be, have some uh, of unveiling of content there. Uh, adventure time. So that's, those are some of the things. Uh, um, also I know Paramount, uh, Star Trek, for example, is going to have, um, Several, they have several booths there and they're, and also they're doing a celebration of the animated series. It's a, it's 50th anniversary. So, uh, and, and, and lower decks, uh, I think some of the uh, producers for that show is going to be there. Uh, Amazon, uh, speaking of, I mean, of course we got Gen V, Gen V, but also, uh, Invincible is going to be coming out soon. And, uh, this, they're going to be giving us some updates on Invincible season two. As far as when we can anticipate seeing it. Uh, so we'll, we'll have that. Um, so there, you know, so there's, there's things that are going on. Uh, even though, uh, it may not be what we're, what we're used to. Peacock, um, this NBC is going to be there, uh, as well. Uh, but, and Funko, of course, you know, revealing all the pops. So, um, so there's stuff going on and you know, we'll, we'll, We'll do our, our quick recap next week as far as anything noteworthy, you know, especially if there's any trailers that may be released over over the week. And, um, we, you know, we can definitely, especially Invincible, hopefully we get some, you know, some some news about that because I, I, I really like that that first season of that show. They still haven't announced when it's coming back, right? Right, right, right. But they, are, they do have a, a Robert Kirkman, that's a Skybound, uh, which – is going to be there and Robert Kirkman is attending. So, uh, Amazon, so I did unveil a poster today uh, as far as season two. So I'm anticipating we'll get some footage and hopefully a release date this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's funny because we're about to head into August and there's not a lot to talk about right away. So I like how um, then suddenly we go from not a lot to a little to like, holy shit, why is everything coming out all at once? Just the way the world works. <laughs> um, all yeah. right. So before we get into Secret Invasion penultimate episode, um, you had some strike updates. Yeah, yeah. So um, I know we've talked about the strike, and 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 obviously we both we've said it before. Say it again tonight. You know, we support the both guilds, as far as the Screen Actors Guild and the uh, Writers Guild and their efforts. Uh, this week there was really more developments as far as what was going on between the negotiations between the studio and and studios and the screen actors guild. And really just wanted to just take a sort of moment. I know I posted on our socials, like I know there's been a lot of confusion and like in our space as far as podcasters about what we can do and what, you know, what, what could be considered promotion and, 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 you know, are we are we scabbing or not scabbing? And what could cosplayers do? And and all that kind of stuff. So I know I posted on our socials uh, a good a little chart. Some of people were going to Comic Con wondering about like, can I cosplay? And yes, you can as long as you're not like as long as you're not like a SAG actor and promoting a show <laughs> that you work on in your costume and promoting it on a stage or something like that. That's a no. But if you're just you know a fan, want to go cosplay? Yeah, you're good. People like you. <laughs> Fans are not in the union. <laughs> exactly. But but careful with fans, though, because, you know, you don't want to be what I've been seeing on the net with some folks uh, and not calling anybody out or, or shaming or whatever. Just, you know, just, you know, think about think big picture as far as if you ever want to get a sad card. Uh, don't scab, meaning being a non-union worker, doing you, you know, being hired to do work for a company like promoting a movie or something like that, because SAG has been very clear that if you scab, if you strike break and you're non-union and you go, you know, do a junket, you know, for, or a promotional thing for, let's just say Oppenheimer or Barbie, for example, and the studio bought it and, and you're like promoting their thing and, and, and all, uh, you, SAG has been very clear that that, well, probably if you if you have any aspirations for getting a SAG card, you probably just shot yourself in the foot for short term short short term views and clout as an influencer during the strike. So just just so don't do those kind of things. Yeah. If you are a fan, have fun. Yeah. If you are an aspiring entertainer, beware. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. You and I, I think we're good. We're comp, you know, and, and SAG has been very clear. Podcasters. You know, even though, you know, we're not like, you know, the Christian Harloffs or, or John Campias or, you know, Grace Randolphs of the world, but we, you know, we are, you know, on our own little footprint here, influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're fine to do this since we're giving commentary, for example. Yeah. 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 So I but, crossing no line. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, but that's, yeah, but a couple other quick things. Just um, I know we got to get to uh, secret invasion, but um, you know there were some some things. You know, the as far as the two sides really couldn't agree on use of AI. Of course, we know about that. Couple, but you know, residuals is a big thing that um, 
is still the an, an issue. Another thing I saw a lot of folks, and I know I've seen some of our show listeners and followers say, oh, cancel your subscriptions to like streaming services. Just want to be clear, the SAG folks are like, no, nobody SAG WGA has not called for a boycott. Just want to be very clear on that. And at the end of the day, you don't want a boycott because then if we stop watching everything, then the, it gives the studios leverage to be like, Hey, hey, these people don't care. And mm-hmm. so, so be very careful about calling for boycotts and stuff like that because it may, we end up may hurt the people that we are trying to support and just trying to get, um, you know, trying to get fair pay for their work. Uh, speaking of which, a fair pay, pay, uh, you know, there's a lot of things out there too about like, you know, not everybody's Tom Cruise. <laughs> speaking of, you know, since we were talking about him, you know, only 12.7% of SAG members make enough money to even qualify for the health benefits. You have to have $26,470 of income to qualify for the SAG health benefit. Many folks don't even make that. So, you know, the average salary for an actor is only $46,000. So, all these things are fighting about for pay increases and, you know, things about being compensated and given notice for like when they have to do self-tape auditions. I know we've had, you know, people on podcasts here talk about the self-tape process and all that kind of stuff. All those things, there are a lot of these folks are paying out of pocket. And, and so all the things that they're trying to negotiate for is, is some of the things that, you know, they're advocating for and the studios are like, you know, shooting them down. They have made some progress. I mean, they have, gotten things for like, you know, various safety rules and other things, uh, as part of the negotiations. But, um, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to just sort of, you know, flag some of those things, uh, beyond sort of the high level things as far as AI and stuff that a lot of people know about, but some of the, some of the other things that may not be getting talked about as much, um, in, in various spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, to our AI show. <laughs> <laughs> Secret Invasion with their penultimate episode. What what were your, your thoughts about this episode? It was okay. I mean, it was it was it, it did what a penultimate episode should do, which is set up the finale. Yeah. Um, and uh really what it did. It just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it got all the pieces together and and you know, really with I know we talked about this last week, and I'll just just quickly, if folks missed our episode last week, I'll just say it for or it's your first time listening. You know, this this series would have totally again benefited from being um, a feature film, or you know, to our other earlier comment and discussions about uh, content generation and there's so much getting churned out. Uh, it, 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 this, this is a series that could have either been a feature film or would have benefited from maybe 10 episodes or more. Uh, because I just feel like there's just so many things about it while it's, while enjoyable, this feels undercooked. Yeah. It, it feels, not, it feels rushed when yeah. you, uh, um, like I can, I can understand that perspective. But I also don't know if there's enough for 10 episodes. I don't know if if then you would move when you kill Talos. Mm-hmm. Um, because based on this episode, it, it pr- pretty much seems like he's dead. 
Yeah, he's gone. Um, it's still it's still weird to say that just because of how he went out. And mm-hmm. you're, like, you're like, okay. Um, and this because of the situation, you're kind of you're there's kind of this air about the show where yeah they they killed Maria Hill in the first episode they've killed Talos they tried to kill Gaia but then she took the serum so now you're you're like okay who's dead who's not dead and all of that also with everything um Fury kept saying about um dead men and their secrets yeah it, it there's there's this presence that People you think are dead, probably not. Maybe not. Maybe you'll see again. Um, and a lot of the reactions I listen to about this show, they keep talking about how so, so I think Talos's wife, his name was Soren. Mm-hmm. And she died before the show even started. Yet we hear about her every episode. Right. So it's kind of weird, like... Okay, we're sup- it, it's almost like we should have an attachment to this character who we maybe saw five minutes of in Captain Marvel, and yeah. not a lot of people rewatch that movie. So yeah, yeah, and she was yeah, she was yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, and she was Maria Hill, yeah, for most of Captain Marvel, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so you're you're just <clears throat> I think that um. Sorry, I was just thinking about her being Maria Hill for most of Captain Marvel because Maria Hill was like in five minutes of Captain Marvel. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> for yeah, those yeah but uh, my, yeah, but to your point, I mean that's just it. I mean we're supposed to ha- they keep referencing her, but and we're supposed to have this emotional connection, but it just doesn't doesn't right. work. And then and then when you start thinking about it, you're like, okay, is what did she die when Maria Hill died? Was she posing as her? But we've seen scrolls die, and when they die, they turn into their true form. So right. it wouldn't make sense. And the same thing, like with Talos. So I don't know. It's back to what I was originally trying to say is, as much as things feel very surface level, I don't know if there's enough. Or if you're able to extend the story for 10 episodes, just because the mystery of it all is really like, here's what the show is. You can't trust anybody. I don't know if I'm patient enough to spend 10 episodes <laughs> being we'll like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. I, we'll see. I, 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 I'm patient enough. And I think that's why I'm so frustrated because, you know, they're trying to, to do. They're trying to do the MCU version of like Andor <laughs> and, and, you know, and you can see, you know, they, with Andor, they did give them the space, you know, to, to do, to tell a deeper, you know, to tell a story where, and you, and you just said it perfectly. It just seems like everything here is just surface level. Well, but with Andor, it wasn't just about Andor. I mean, he spent what three episodes in a jail. Yeah. And and while they're telling Andor's story, they're also telling this other story. Like they're telling three different stories. Right. Because you have the politics story with what's her face, mm-hmm. and you have the um, 
the bad guy story with the other girl and that guy who mm-hmm. totally, totally stall stalker tendencies coming. Um, so there was three. So my point with this show is it's just furying Garvik. Like they, um, they, they tried to give some to Talos, but it, like for some reason they didn't go down that scene. The, I, I don't know. I don't understand um, what they wanted to do with um, Fallsworth. Is that her yeah, name? And, and, and you read, I was just thinking about her because right. that, that's the thing. And that's, and, and this gets to my point, which, which to, 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 which when you're saying this is just about Fury and Gravik, because there is things there that they could do. I mean, with, with Farnsworth, I mean, this episode, it showed how criminally underutilized they did with with that character because they could have really fleshed out the whole like multi with given that the the idea with Grobic trying to destabilize the political systems of the world and you see you have Farnsworth and MI6 and, and, and the, with, with England and you have, of course, Fury and Rhodey with the United States and the whole Russia thing. And I mean, there's just, there's just so many ways they could have just like deepened all the, the, the brinksmanship and the, and the, and, and Gravik, you know, the, the infiltration. I just never felt, I mean, I, I, I got it on some level of the threat that the scrolls had. But it just it it just never and and it, like I said it's enjoyable but just be thinking about other spy thriller genre stuff it just you know not you know you don't have to get like Mission Impossible like combo, overly convoluted but you don't have to be so surface level either. Well, yeah, I mean, I I think initially for two episodes this this um storyline worked mm-hmm. i praised the actor um and then slowly but surely it's just like this is all you got this is yeah. it yeah. why why aren't we seeing more like why isn't there more of a web mm-hmm. it feels yeah. very it feels very one note it feels like ev- everything is tying back to this overall it's all fury's fault mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like well, just because it all has to connect back to that doesn't mean throughout the entire show everything like leads back. It's, <laughs> like these characters, Fallsworth doesn't have like her own thing going on, and she she pops up when when in this episode when Fury clearly needs an ally who uh-huh. who understands, but we don't get to see like. Why her, we don't get to see everything going on from her perspective and what right. her motivations are. And, and I really wish we had more of that. Yep. I, I really wish, I think the death of Talos would have been more, um, meaningful had we had more time with him and also the situation. Like, call me a wannabe writer, but will. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. if? Mm-hmm. What if this episode, actually the first episode, 
was about Talos and we did see his wife die. Yeah. Like, and we don't see Fury until the end. Like the final scene of the first episode is he makes a call to Maria Hill and say, you got to get him down here. Yeah. And then we go through like even just that. Mm hmm. The supporting cast suddenly, and we, man, how many times do we have this discussion? The supporting cast needs to be as much like supporting the main character as also entertaining enough to like have their own adventure, like have yeah. their own plot. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. It's, yep. it's just so one note. Yep. Overall. That's and yep. and I'm I'm sorry, but we're at the penultimate episode, and I still don't really understand why why the snap freaked him out so much. I don't get it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we it's like they're telling, but yeah, it's it's all this like they have exposition exposition, but they're not they're not showing. They're just telling, and this is one of those. Show us why the snap had such an effect on him, you know, and yeah, because 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 you could have set that up in so many ways too. You could, to your point, like to get to go into the writers' room and you know how what I would do as far as my head cannon, you know, show that moment from Captain, you know, from when when he snapped, and then show and then. And then show when he returns. I mean, that was one of the things that worked so well with WandaVision. Because we had, we had, we saw the post snap Rambo and how things like, you know, from her perspective, after being, you know, returning to the world after five, being gone for five years and how everything, everything now was, her world has been turned upside down because, you know, for her, it's, Things are the memory she has is pre-snap, but now, but you know, the rest of the world has moved on. And and I think again, they they tell us these things that Nick has lost a step, but they haven't done an effective job of showing how he lost a step. Yeah, and to that point, like it's not even just Wandavision, but in all of Phase Four, Mm -hmm. they it it talked about grief, and Mm -hmm. there was a reason why, like Wandavision, um, Loki. And, um, Hawkeye all really dealt, Hawkeye and WandaVision specifically dealt with the snap. Yeah. Like, and the trauma of that, um, feeling, whether it's f- few through Rambo or Hawkeye himself, mm-hmm. um, who both of them, like, she was snapped, he wasn't snapped, but the having his whole family gone, there yeah. were repercussions. So, yeah. Like it, the more we talk about that aspect, it makes me think this one of the reasons why the show isn't working as well now is because it should have been a phase four. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to preface this whole thing on Fury took the snap badly and went and hid in space and now the scrolls are mad at him. Like I would have brought bought that more in phase four than I do now when I'm just like, okay, I thought, I thought we moved on from all of the snap talk. I mean, granted this episode featured an appearance from a supporting character from black widow, which is another (laughs) project where we're like, it just, the timing of that does not make sense in terms of the grand scheme of everything. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my god, this is why they should have released Loki season two. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh I, yeah. God. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. It. it yeah. I mean, it's. It, there's just so many things that you know. Like I said, yeah. That there's that, and then there's a. I guess the other thing that just kind of from the out from within within this episode, the internal inconsistencies because. The moment you know, that when Nick had said he would, you know, he would basically blow Rudy's head off, you know, and and show that he's a scrawl. Um, yeah, you know, it was like, well, go ahead and do that. I'm gonna release the video, but the video has already been released, you know. And one, two, Fallsworth later, like, you know. He didn't need to kill Rhodey. All he had to do was just like shoot him in the leg or whatever. And he, you know, could have had the same effect. So it's just like within the story, within the show, it's just like there are just these inconsistencies that one or two times, okay, I can let it go. But over, but it's just over time, it just starts to like take away from it. And, and to your point, I meant to say this earlier about with supporting characters. Yes, the show is about Nick Fury and his journey, but, but you're right. Having, Strong, multi-dimensional supporting characters takes things from being good to great, and yeah. that's and, and so and I think this and and I guess that's why I'm so frustrated with this show. Like I said, it's it's I mean, I, there have been as far as the Disney Plus shows, this is not the worst one by mm-hmm. by any measure. No. But 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 it's just sort of like, meh. Okay, yeah. I watched it. And I'm not coming back to it. I, don't, I have no desire to come back to it again. No. I mean, granted, not a lot of people had a desire to go back to Thor 2. And we saw how critical of a movie that was in Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, Marvel loves, the MCU loves to say, oh, you didn't like this? We're yeah. going to make you, like, regret that decision. So, yeah. just you yeah. wait. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is the, which is the, which is, pro, you know, you get, it gets to the bigger thing as far as like, they just shove too much. They just like Bob JPEG and, and wanting to like milk the, milk this franchise with this too much con, too much, too much. Um, you know, it's coming back to, you know, in hindsight now, obviously we know that that was just totally the wrong strategy. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, it, I guess it was the wrong strategy, but like I don't mind having something to watch on a weekly basis. So yeah, yeah. bad, good. Otherwise, I mean, you made yeah. me watch most of Boba Fett. So true, true. You, I did, I did. And like I said, I mean, it's this is it's it's good, but I just but just given whatever I saw the trailer, and I and I remember. Yeah, I was just, I was really, I was pretty hyped about this show because I was really, you know, it was right, you right were, down my. You were hyped about the show after like the second episode, and yeah, then I was. As as I really said, was. Good, downhill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was. Yeah, and it's just I'm, like. Okay. So, so did I catch this correctly? And I don't know who one of these, but was it Carl Obsidian and Gal Gal Colossus? Yeah, so we know because I remember from the with the harvest as far as so we know we, obviously we got the harvest, um, and so we know Nick definitely has 
some of the Avengers from Endgame, you know, from the Battle of Earth. But what were the other names that were said? Like, candidly, um, I, I, I copied it down as Carl Obsidian and Gal Colossus, which I'm yeah. assuming is the X-Men Colossus. I'm thinking that, yeah, it has to be, especially given yeah, now I that. Don't, I don't know Obsidian. Yeah, I'm, I don't know who that is either. Um, and I just, I'm thinking back to some of the earlier episodes when we saw Gaia looking at the computer as far as the, um, you know, we do know, and obviously we know Gravik, you know, with the Super Scrolls, um, you know, we do have Groot's powers and, 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 some, and a few others. Um, so, you know, somehow, you know, some, some of the, from the Battle of the Earth, some folks, is, folks, DNA got out. <laughs> so, right. Nick, so Nick has his little stash there in, in, in Finland, I believe is where they went. But, um, but then there's, there's other, there's other vials floating around out there too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I found it interesting, um, when Carol Danvers was brought up in that, mm-hmm. like, I've, like, I know, like, she probably wouldn't be the only one in the, the vial that's labeled harvest, but, um, I, my mind immediately went like, well, yeah, I would want, out of all of them, I mean, I would want her DNA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, like, to get, to get super, to become all powerful, um, and, and, I think that I, I I almost wish that that it would have just been her DNA just because mm-hmm. of Fury's past relationship with with Carol and yeah. their dynamic and like Captain Marvel's movie being having such a presence in this show yeah. um, with Talos and um, how the scrolls even got to Earth. I, I think that would have been a very clever move. Um, and, and I mean, I mean, for someone who doesn't have a kid, like we talked about this at the beginning of the series, the dude has a lot of daddy issues, like not like not his own dad, because he's always talking about his mom, but, but him being a father of obviously 1 million scrolls and yeah. having abandoned them because all of these scrolls have abandonment issues. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Three abandonment issues. <laughs> Which is another thing we don't really get a lot of time to explore, but it's talked about a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think that's where having more time would have helped the series. And also thinking about Nick keeping that vowel, you know, sending the scroll agents because, you know, it does tie back to like, you know, with Talos saying, look, we, we, you know, you, we, we made you sort to in, in, in some regards with, Helping him, you know, climb the ladder there at Shield. So we have that, the whole, the whole Avengers initiative. Why did, you know, you know, and then after the Battle of Earth, why Nick felt the need to go collect all the DNA? Um, so, you know, you know, is it because was he trying to develop a countermeasure because he just didn't trust these folks <laughs> or was it a situation where, where we do, where we're in a situation now where he, he can't, you know, he can't trust everyone and he, you know, and, and so he develops the countermeasure or needs the ability to, you know, get to a trusted Avenger and, and hyped him up to, you know, 
fight this issue. Um, and it, 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 Fury always himself has said he has trust issues. Thinking back to some of the Avengers, early well, Avengers movies and that kind of stuff too. And, and, and so, you know, there's just some motivations there for like, and maybe they'll, maybe they'll address some of that in the finale as far as what was the whole purpose of the harvest to begin with. Well, I, I would hope that they did, but yeah. I mean, I'm gullible enough to believe that he did it because he he knew other people would be after it mm-hmm. and so he asked to take it now why he kept it and why preserved it the way he did that's that's this whole spy thing getting to his head and and i a countermeasure i don't know about um because he was quote unquote so shocked that there were 1 million earth, scrolls on earth that i don't sure. I don't think he even wrapped his mind around like, yeah, in the 90s, we're going to let these people stay here. They're not going to like procreate. They're not going to like bring others. No. (laughs) (laughs) Five scrolls. What the heck? Fury was very short sighted. Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe, maybe we will, but it's just, it's, it's very interesting to have a penultimate episode. Of a sh- mini series show, I can't even really say it's a full season of TV, and still so many questions about the main character. Yet I feel like every episode, like that's all it's about, and um, that's frustrating. But yeah. but you and, know, yeah, yeah, and shorter and and, and shorter and shorter episodes to explore these yeah. issues. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was like, the writing strike happened way after this was produced. What's going yeah. on here? <laughs> going from a long episode really short. I don't mind it. I mean, I don't want you to meander for the sake of meandering, but very, very strange. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we shall see what the finale holds for us next week. And on that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and threads at Scene underscore N underscore Nerd. And our website, www.sceneandnerdpodcast.com. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. (laughs) 